Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode is another special episode that is taking the Netflix originals out of order because we're checking out the second part of um, a bonus episode we did last week for Fear Street Part 2, that's the 2021 teen horror film, um, and this one's little subtitle is 1978. It's again directed by Lee Yannick, and this one stars Sadie Sink, Emily Rudd, Ryan Simpkins, McCabe Sly, Ted Sutherland, Gillian Jacobs, Keanu Madiera, Benjamin Flores Jr., and Olivia Scott Welch. I am Jesse, and I am very, very happy to be bringing you part two of our special little coverage of these Fear Street films that Netflix are putting out at the moment. Um, I do recommend going back and listening to part one if uh, you haven't listened to part one and and you wanted some further context behind um, these films. I am going to completely spoil part two as well um, throughout this discussion. So if you want to watch the film, make sure you watch it before you listen to this because I'll be discussing things from both part one and part two of the film. And to to kick it off, we do our fast flicks where I do a little summary of the film. And and this one is set around a holiday camp and it turns nasty when the curse of Shadyside creeps further into the light of um, of yeah, the, the town and what's going on. So if you've seen the first one, Shady Sides, this town, that all these little um, horrible things are happening in, especially murders. So a uh, little bit of background on this one, I guess, and, and I'm not going to go into too much detail because I did in, in part one, but listen to that if you want. It's based on the R.L. Stein Fear Street series. Um, it was meant to be released theatrically by Fox. COVID hit, no theatrical release. Disney bought Fox. Fox sold it to Netflix. That's the gist of the story, realistically. Um, so this one, part two, 1978, was released on the 9th of July. Um, and the final third part will be released a week later on the 16th of July. Despite this being the second film in the trilogy, this one was actually filmed last or shot last. So um, they did shoot these out of order. They, they filmed part one, then they filmed part three, and then they filmed part two. So a little bit of an interesting fact about this one. Last little bit, I guess, is... Um, there's a few references in this film to um, or some clues that you could pick up on if you are a fan of David Bowie. Um, I won't go into any bit further, but if you look at C. Berman's dog, um, it's called Major Tom, and um, one of the other characters is called Ziggy. So if you could work that out, then you might be able to put a few clues together prior to the film playing out. Um, consensus time. So this is where we look at what people think about this film, I guess. And, and it is early days. It's only been out a couple of days. And, and in the meantime of me putting together my thoughts on this film, 12 hours later, the amount of ratings on a lot of these um, sites have actually gone up a lot. So what I'm saying now might be outdated in a couple of days' time anyway. But on Rotten Tomatoes, this is 1% up on the first film. It sits at 89% from critics. So that is on 54 reviews. And this is certified fresh. So another fresh um, film for this trilogy of films. The audience has it sitting on 88%, and that's on over 100 reviews. On IMDb, it sits on a 6.8 out of 10, and that is on nearly 5,000 reviews, and and that went up 1,000 reviews in the 12 hours, like I mentioned, of me putting together these ideas. And the same with Letterboxd. It sits on a a 3.4 out of 5, um, and that's gone up 5,000 in the last 12 hours or so to nearly 18,000 people um, getting on board to to log that one on Letterboxd. So that's a little bit of what people are saying. My early thoughts for this one are, I mean, this this film is very much like Friday the 13th, if you've seen um, that classic horror film, but I mean, it follows the same sorts of situations in the woods, 
but it does keep you engaged in this like different idea of the mythology of this Fear, Fear Street world that was set up in the first one, and, and it's slowly bringing the audience towards the end and the reveal of of how this witch is going to go down, hopefully, in the third and final film. So, um, yeah, good good middle piece of a trilogy, um, laying the groundwork for the third and final film, which hopefully we'll see next week. Some characters. Time to talk about some characters. So with this one, I think... Um, there's a, there's a few of the characters from the first one that we see at the start and at the end. We've got Dee and her brother Josh. Um, they go to see Berman's house um, with Dee's girlfriend Sam, who from the first film we know she's possessed and they want Berman's help um, as she's had experience with this witch and this curse before. And then that leads to us hearing the story from C. Berman about 1978. And that's where we get to meet a whole bunch of new characters and, and a couple of familiar characters that we did see mentioned briefly in part one. So we'll start off with uh, Ziggy, I guess, is the, is the character that we're going to look at. Um, the, the movie starts off with her being picked on by by this group of, of bullies, calling her a witch because she's a little bit different, a little bit weird. Um, and her sister is Cindy. And she hates her sister Cindy for her fakeness. And, and she's constantly having to remind her of her shady side roots. And shady side is obviously this town where they live. Um, and they set Ziggy up as a bit of a rebel, I guess, that she sets the camp flag on fire. She lets rabbits out. She's done graffiti, all these types of things. But she's this this character that we follow the, the majority of the way through this film, um, as well as Cindy, the sister. So it sort of focus, slips between focus of the sisters. And they spend very little time together um, because Cindy is one of the older people at the camp, I guess. And she's she's this camp counselor. She's the older sister for Ziggy. Um, and she there's this other character called Alice that we see in this film as well, who was obviously a friend of Cindy's at some stage, but Cindy did snitch on her, and, and this has led, or I believe had led her to try and um, escape her shady side traits, I guess, because we see her as this character that doesn't swear, doesn't let her boyfriend touch her butt. Um, she wears this white polo shirt, sort of representing the, her purity, and, and as the film progresses, we slowly see you know why she's trying to, portray this image of her being so sweet and innocent because you know they've had troubles at home the dad's bailed on the family the mum's a gambler um her sister's reminding her of all the things that she doesn't want to be so she she wants to try and fit into this world that maybe she doesn't necessarily belong in um which i thought was quite done done quite well um the other i guess i mentioned here alice was was sort of the the complete opposite or what Cindy used to be, I guess. And we see her in this film popping pills and having sex. And she's got this boyfriend called Arnie, who you know seems like a little bit of a, a dopey sort of guy. And you can tell that she's really disappointed in Cindy because I think that the friendship that they used to have meant a lot to her. But as the film progresses too, we see that you know even though she looks like she's having fun, she's enjoying life. She does struggle with this despair of shady side as well. Her dad's in jail. The mum had to steal feed to sorry, had to steal food to feed them. Um, she shows that there's a little bit of self harm going on there as well. So this, this idea of shady side being a, a, a town that is letting its citizens down is, is highlighted through these characters quite well. Um, and then we've got that idea of Nick too that we we finally get to learn a little bit more about his background. Um, he was the police officer in the first one, and obviously we're going backwards in time, so we're seeing him as a teenager in this one. Um, and in this film, he's a little bit older than Ziggy, but he's sort of got these feelings for her. And, you know, there's this idea too that his dad's passed away, and there's this um, pressure on him that the line of duty or the police work and the police force and the dad expects him to follow in his dad's footsteps. He was also a police officer. So we do know from the first film that he does become a police officer, but it, it's nice to get that background on Nick um, that we didn't see before. Um, 
only a couple of other little brief people that we saw was Tommy, who uh, was Cindy's boyfriend. He, I've already said it's a spoiler alert, but he obviously turns into um, one of the killers in this one. And his name was on this wall and we don't really find out why too much. And there's a bully shielder and we've got some other leaders around the camp like Kurt, but they're not really worth talking about because I think it's time that we, we can talk about some scenes because we've already spoken about this director, Leanna, directing all, all of these films. So some scenes that I liked in this one, and there's quite a few that I did enjoy. Um, um, I, th- I think last last um, or part one, I really enjoyed the music throughout. And again, the music in this one's very good. Again, um, got that real good seventies vibe and that idea of being on camp, and it, it's just really cool. And there's this um, song um, called uh, "Was It the First Cut Is the Deepest" that plays, and then we see this nurse uh, come out with a knife to try and attack Tommy. And I thought that was really cool, just the way that they they used the lyrics throughout of some of the songs to show you what was going on screen. Um, there's this idea here where Ziggy is, um, you know, sitting in her cabin, the bullies are picking on her and she's trying to work out a plan to get back to them. And she comes up with like this Carrie Stephen King style bucket of blood, um, to get the bully back. And I just like these Stephen King references. There are a couple that where they mentioned him throughout and, you know, Stephen King with me is always going to go down well. So I did enjoy that. Uh, there's, then I mentioned before that Cindy wears this white polo shirt and there's a scene where she does rip this this polo shirt and it's this idea of that, you know, um, sweet, clean, innocent um, character that she's playing is gone and she's got to get a little bit deep and dirty now. And, and I did appreciate that and thought that was that was quite cool and, and well done. Um, I did mention before that Tommy, um, who was Cindy's boyfriend, sort of becomes possessed and turns into this axe murderer. And uh, I thought a lot of his, his kills were were quite graphic and you know it, it's it's just a bit of a shock to see these i think um there's one where he kills um arnie with an axe through the face there's a lot of other scenes too where there's this annoying kid called jeremy and there's this big bunch of kids that are, he kills and, and they do a really good job of giving a, a, a blank screen and, and you can only hear the sounds and i really liked that too and and his um well, one of his the ways that they try to take him down is they decapitate him um, with a shovel and i just was not expecting that so i thought that was pretty uh, well done as well the some other things that i like so cindy and ziggy um that they're attacked and and this is right near the end of the film and they're both pretty much done and out and and the film had led up to this idea of them reconnecting or rebuilding their relationship as sisters and i think that um you know they didn't want them or that you know they'd made mention that they didn't want to be separated anymore and we get this reverse zoom high angle shot of the two pretty much just lying there dead on the ground and the, and the camera zooms up and you've got the two with their arms out and their fingers are, are so close and just within reaching distance but they can't reach each other and i just really really thought that was a great shot um and then finally to the cliffhanger at the end after we've heard this whole story about the camp and, and we go back to to d and her brother josh hearing this story from c berman um, she has this, or D has this vision of, of this Sarah, this, this character that we're, we've been following throughout these two films and this sort of flashes through her mind of, of what's going to happen in the next film. And I really like that cliffhanger. I'm trying not to give too much away, but if you've seen it, you'll know what I mean. I thought that was, that was well done. Um, just some things that I didn't really like, and they're not necessarily scenes in this, but setups of the, the story or the narrative, I guess. And I think the idea of, you know that it's going to be a slasher type horror film. So you know that there's going to be characters that are taken out. And I think Arnie was just too obvious a kill. There was no way that this character was going to stay around. So that sort of frustrated me a bit. And the only other thing that um, I, I didn't really like was that, you know, 
I appreciated the way that they're telling these stories backwards where we're going, you know, from the 90s to the 70s to the 1600s. But this idea of C. Berman or, or Christine, as we now know her, narrating this story, and we, the first shot we see of this story is Ziggy, I felt straight away that that was her as a character um, because of the kids, you know, calling her a witch and all these things. And it just sort of clicked with me. So the, the reveal at the end wasn't really clever to me. It didn't really hit home. And I, maybe it does, it did shock some people and people were like, wow, what a, what a great surprise. For me, that just uh, didn't really work. Um, some ideas in this one. And I think this one probably does a better job than the first one with looking at this idea of, of class. Um, these, two, these two towns, on each side of each other, you know, you've got shady side and sunny side. So obviously, just even with the the words in the titles, you know that shady sides where the bad things happen, and sunny sides all picture bubbly, sparkly, clean, and it highlights this good versus evil. And and these kids that are stuck in this system that they can't escape, or or this town that they can't escape, they're down and out. There's a bit of poverty. There's broken homes, broken families, relationships not working. I just I just really appreciated the way that this was done throughout this film. Um, it also goes a little bit too with this idea of families and siblings and these breakdowns and sticking together and working back to, to rebuild these relationships. And that was done really nicely through um, Cindy and Ziggy as sisters. And to the last thing I'll say, this idea of having fun. Alice is this character that's constantly telling Cindy, you know, you used to be fun. Where's the fun? You're trying to fit in and be someone you're not. Go back to who you work because you were fun. And I think that was um, nicely done too. All right, what, what do we take away from this one? And... I think, like I said before, I mentioned in part one how I thought the music was, or the soundtrack was really, really good. And this one, again, is just as good. Um, and, I, and I think that their Netflix and Spotify are actually picked up on this because in my social media feeds, I've been getting ads quite a lot for this playlist um, being on Spotify. So my uh, tip is that if you have enjoyed the music in these, jump onto Spotify because they've got the playlists there waiting for you. And I think I'm still a little bit sad that I, I couldn't go and see these in cinemas. I, I would have loved to have seen this one in a cinema. Um, it was, yeah, it would have been so much better in that darkened room. Um, IMDb time. This is where we say, hey, is there anyone that we saw in the film that stood out that we recognize that we might, um, you know, can't quite work out what film we've seen them in? <laughs> didn't have an IMDb, this one, but there's this reference that they made about Judy Bloom being an author because they're making these these ideas about Stephen King, an author, and then we see at the end um, Ziggy and talking about this Judy Bloom author, and I had no idea who this was, like what sort of books does she write, etc. So I looked it up and I think maybe it's a bit of an American reference. She writes kids' books and she's very famous for actually being one of the first authors to to write young adult novels about controversial topics like masturbation, menstruation, teen sex, birth control and death. So um, she's actually, you know, a catalyst for the movement of um, controversial topics in, in kids' literature. So um, obviously a, a well-known author, um, but unfortunately I didn't know. So I'm, I'm glad that I looked that up to see um, who she was. Okay, question time. So this is where last week I, I put out a couple of, um, I don't guess, ponderings to be like, well, what's going to happen? Are we going to get some answers to these? So we'll go back to a couple of those from part one. And the first one, I wanted to know where are the adults in the world? Because in part one, no parents, et cetera, et cetera, except for the policeman, Nick Booth. Um, so in this one, I guess we got C. Berman, who was narrating the story in the 90s. Um, but then even in the 70s with the camp, uh, there were very few adults around. There were sort of all these senior teenagers who were taking control of the younger kids. There were a few cops that rock up um, and the nurse who was an adult, but that was about it. So no parents again. I, I wonder what we're going to see in part three. I'll keep, keep an eye out for that one. Um, the next one that I wanted to 
and this one was actually answered in the first one, um, Nick, the police officer, he obviously recognized that something was going on because he put this letter through a door saying it's happening again. And I wanted to know who the letter was to. We found out very early on that that letter was sitting there on C. Berman um, or Christine's uh, desk. So that letter was to her. So he's obviously got that connection. Um, question that wasn't answered was we saw this Urkel dude in the first one um, and he gave Josh a business card. No answer for that one yet. So we'll keep an eye out that on that one for part three. Um, some new questions I've got from part two that hopefully might be answered. I, or you guys might be able to answer for me is in Christine's house or C. Berman's house, all the clocks and alarms over the top. What's what's going on? What's what, what's that constant checking of time? Um, is it just because she follows a routine every day? What is it? Obviously, she's got a calendar that, that's counting down the days since um, the event happened in the 70s, but I'm just interested with all the clocks and the alarms. What, what are they all, or what's the purpose of those? So hopefully we get an answer for that. Um, I think that in this one, they, they sort of pumped up this idea that Nick, um, the police officer, that his family is quite special. So I'm hoping that we might get a reveal in the third and final part about the the background or history of his family. So keep an eye on that to see whether his uh, family has some sort of, uh, yeah, something going on in the 1600s, I guess. A um, couple more. The there's a scene where they're, they're going down into these witches or the witches den sort of thing. And there's this big pumping weird organ sort of thing under the ground. Just, what, 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 what I don't know. I just wanted an answer as to do they need to destroy that? What is that? Is that the actual heart that they need to, to destroy? Is it a bit like um, it, the Stephen King um, one where you, you need to actually destroy something? We'll see. And then the, the last one is um, Christine makes this phone call to Nick, the police officer at the end, just to say, we need to talk. So we didn't actually hear the conversation, but I'm interested to know what she actually said to him. And I'm hoping we're going to find out in part three um, what they actually talked about. So hopefully there's some questions that uh, you can keep in the back of your mind for part three. I know I will be keeping an eye out when I watch the final one in this trilogy. And that's about time to wrap part two up now. So I think that um, putting it into context with the first film, the, the first one put a lot of focus on on the characters and building them up and then actually like tearing them apart, I guess. Um, and while the killings in, in part two are more your typical slasher killings where, you know, you don't know an awful lot about the the bigger cast of characters, I actually enjoyed the, the character development in this one a lot more for the few specific characters that we saw, like Alice and Cindy and, and Ziggy because and Nick, I guess, as well, because I felt more of a connection with, with this ensemble than the first one. So I think it's actually a really good middle film and I'm super excited to see how it finishes. So I'm giving this one a three and a half out of five. Um, we do have social media. We've got Twitter. We've got Facebook. We've got Instagram. So if you can give us a follow, please do give us a like, share us with your friends. Question I just wanted to ask is um, what's your favorite horror film that's set in the woods? Because this one is definitely um, set in the woods for the majority of the film. I've obviously mentioned uh, Friday the 13th. Cabin in the Woods is another film that comes to mind that I know the title says it, but I wasn't necessarily a big fan of that one. What are some other ones that you could recommend um, to me? That would be excellent. So um, we still have our normal episodes releasing on a Wednesday, over 150 uh, Netflix original films that we've done right through the order of release from the start of Netflix. So please do um, have a listen or have a search and a download for those if you were keen on listening to some of our other takes. But in the meantime, thank you for listening and I will be back for another special one for part three next week.